Hello, Michelle Laurie here. It's no secret that Australia's property market is out of control these days, but I, for one, can't seem to stop following along. I've become a bit obsessed with it, to be honest. What's up, what's down, and who on earth is paying those prices for those houses? So I want to personally recommend a podcast for you. It's called Real Property. It'll keep you across the latest information on the Australian property market in a clear and easy-to-digest way. Real Property, building a community of more informed property buyers. Take a listen wherever you get your podcasts. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The producers of this podcast recognize the traditional owners of the land on which it's recorded. They pay respect to the Aboriginal elders past, present and those emerging. Yes, I'm a writer and actually I only write because it's cheaper than therapy. I've written about everything that's ever, ever happened to me. I wrote my first book at 17 about growing up as a surfy girl in Australia. Have you, any of you been out there? Because Australian men disprove the theory of evolution. They're evolving into apes. They also were the sort of guys who thought sex drive meant doing it in the car. <laughs> but I, I finally worked out why. You know that little sign on the rear vision mirror that says, objects in this mirror may appear larger than they are. I thought, ah, right, got it. Kathy Lett has been making us laugh and gasp since the early 80s with her fearless wit. She's such an overachiever and so in your face, it's easy to forget how truly remarkable she really is. Kathy was 17 when she wrote her first novel, Puberty Blues. It was a massive hit. It was full of insightful commentary on gender politics that still stands up today and she didn't succumb to what we now know to be the cliché of early success. She didn't go crazy and she didn't die young. She kept writing successful books. She still does. I think she's written 16 books, but there may be more. It's very hard to keep up. The other thing we underplay about Kathy Lett, because she's so famous for one-liners and shocking zingers, is her vulnerability. I feel like I can always see Kathy's heart pinned there, right on the sleeve of her designer cardigan. I'm Michelle Laurie, and this is Calm Your Farm, Tips and tricks for taking care of you from the unlikeliest of gurus. Happily, she's finally emerged from London's latest very long lockdown. And so we find Kathy Lett in rather relaxed, subdued cues. We won't go back to the way we were. I think priorities have definitely shifted. And while I think there'll be a lot more fun and frivolity in people's lives, I do think that's that's going to be a, you know, we'll, we'll never take life for granted again. I mean, we will embrace our friends and family. Uh, and maybe that's been a good lesson. 
I was with my three sisters and we were on a travel story. I've got a column in um, a newspaper in Britain called Adventure Before Dementia. And we were up in Whitsundays, which is one of the most beautiful places in the world. We were learning to sail. We were on a sailing boat. So do you remember how it accelerated really quickly? We got back to shore and we were like, what's going on? We got the last flight back to Sydney. And then I had to make this very difficult decision about whether to stay in Sydney and look after my um, 89-year-old mum or boomerang back to Britain and take care of my autistic son. We did know that if I left my mum, who lives on her own, you know, it might be the last time I ever saw her. Because my son's autistic, I've written two books with autism as a theme. Not, it's not the main storyline, but it's it's runs through the, the story. You know, they're mostly romance, funny, satirical, offbeat romances, but with autism running through the through as a theme. But I didn't come out about my son being autistic until he was 21 because I didn't want to invade his privacy. When I started writing The Boy Who Fell to Earth, I said to him, how would he feel about that if, if we started talking about it in public? And he read the book and he said, well, mum, it's a celebration of idiosyncrasies, eccentricities and being different. And I was like, that's exactly what it is, Jules, thank you. So with his permission, I very tentatively started coming out about it. And I'm so glad I did because what it taught me is that it's always better to shine a light into a dark corner because then you find that so many other people are going through the same thing. And if you are vulnerable about your own, your own traumas and dramas you're going through, it allows other people to open up to you. So if for anyone who's listening who's suffering from any kind of mental health issues or anxieties or whatever, talk about it. And don't just go to a bottle of wine and try and self-medicate either. Talk about it. You'll be amazed at the community you find and the compassion and the understanding and talking about things can only make it better. I think too, during the pandemic, what's been really hard for people who do have a child with special needs, uh, because we you know we're the, we're, we're, we're the carers uh, and there's no real support for us. Um, and especially if you have an autistic child too, because it's an invisible disability. There's no white cane, there's no wheelchair. That can be very confronting because, you know, if, if you're out somewhere, even if you're going supermarket shopping and, and your autistic child has a meltdown, which they often do because of the bright lights and the noise and the people, other parents glare at you as though you're a bad mother or a bad parent and they kind of want to put you in social Siberia. You want to say, no, you don't understand, you know, he's, he's autistic, this is, he's not coping. Uh, and that, but you can't do that sort of psychological semaphore to people. So that can be quite alienating for parents. And, you know, my own son wanted to be an actor and I was like, oh, my God. But, you know, I went along with his obsessions. I got him acting lessons and enrolled him in a school for acting. And, of course, then he started winning awards and he made a couple of little films. And, and then... Um, he got cast in a big BBC medical drama here called Holby City. And it's the first time they'd cast an autistic actor to play an autistic character. And, you know, he's been BAFTA nominated. He's been in the show on and off for about five years now. I mean, it was it's just been an extraordinary event. And what I would say about people who are, who are raised, if you're raising someone autistic, gosh, there's no such thing as normal and abnormal. There's ordinary and extraordinary. And people on the autistic spectrum have a literal, lateral, tangential logic, which is truly original. 
and fascinating. And we also know with diagnostic hindsight that Mozart, Einstein, Orwell, Van Gogh, you know, Steve Jobs, and many other um, brilliant musicians and mathematicians and artists are, are, were, were and are on the autistic spectrum. So with the right help, these people could give back to society in the most wonderful way if we, if we would just learn to think outside the neurotypical box. So what brings me joy, the thing I'm desperately looking forward to more than anything else in the world is being with my three sisters because we are really, really close. And every Christmas we go down the coast and we put out, we, we don't take our wetsuits and our board shorts off and we, we boogie board for two weeks solid. And we surf to shore like menopausal gidgets, these four let girls cackling like kookaburras, holding hands as we surf into shore. There is nothing more joyful than that. It's like diving headfirst into a glass of champagne. For more tips on taking care of you from the unlikeliest of gurus, including recipes for relaxing body products you can make at home, things to read and watch instead of scrolling through your phone, cheap, cheerful and calming gift ideas, go to calmyourfarm.com.au. We'd love to hear your ideas too. This has been another Smartfella production in conjunction with the Acast Creator Network. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.